We're going to dive headfirst into this New York Times anonymous op-ed. Welcome back to the Carl Higby Show. This is a an amazing time to follow this news cycle. It is moving at a mile a minute. And I want to address this New York Times anonymous op-ed. First off, does the person actually exist? Maybe, maybe not. But how dare you? How dare you? Go against the man who employs you, which your loyalties and your job are to support his agenda. He's not breaking any laws. You just don't like what he's doing. This is treason. This is treason. And I will say right now that loyalty is more important than qualifications at this time in this administration. Because you have this. You have these people who are willing to undermine things because they don't like it. Guess what? There's the door. Leave. The opening line, I, I, I really was... was conflicted on this. I'm going to read the whole article with my commentary because I want people to know. I'm, I'm sure most people have only read the headlines, as is most people in this fast news cycle. I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration, is what it's called. I work for the president, but like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. You know what, dude? The American people voted for Trump. They didn't vote for you, and you don't know better. We voted against people like you, people who think that you know better no matter what, yet you haven't worked a day on the outside. You don't know what it's like to work in a coal mine. I guarantee you that. I can promise you you've never worked in a coal mine. You've never worked you know, cutting trees down. You've never worked in a bakery. You've probably worked in D.C. or in the political sphere your whole life, so you have no idea what people want and what people need. We elected a fighter. So the Times goes on to say, The Times today is taking the rare step of publishing an anonymous op-ed essay. We have done so at the request of the author, a senior official in the Trump administration whose identity is known to us and whose job would be jeopardized by its disclosure. We believe publishing this essay anonymously is the only way to deliver an important perspective to our readers. We invite you to submit a question about the essay or our vetting process here. You needed somebody who fit your agenda, and you gave a platform to a traitor. Honestly, like I said, loyalty right now is more important than qualifications in this administration, because guess what? Being Working in the government, most jobs are not that difficult. <clears throat> They're not. I worked in the Corporation for National Community Service. I was one of the senior appointees there. We didn't have a CEO, so I was the face of the agency. And there were people there for 20 or 30 years that couldn't do basic jobs, that wouldn't survive in the private sector. I came in there at 34 years old and made that place more effective in seven months than it had ever been. And that's not my opinion. That's what people told me who worked for me. The article goes on to say, President Trump is facing a test to his presidency unlike any faced by any modern American leader. It's not just that the special counsel looms large or that the country is bitterly divided over Mr. Trump's leadership or even that his party might well lose the House in opposition to help and <clears throat> hell-bent on his downfall. The dilemma, which he does not fully grasp, is that many senior officials in his own administration are working diligently from within to frustrate parts of his 
uh, frustrate parts of his agenda and the worst inclinations. This is literally treason. The, tre- the definition of treason, the crime of betraying one's country. It's not a. Res- you're not part of some happy resistance. You're you're literally firing a shot against your own government that you work for, that's duly elected. You are working for an administration where your job is to institute his agenda, and you're actively working against it. And this guy goes on to say, "I would know. I am one of them. You're a traitor again." I would haul them into court with the New York Times and question them. And I would do it under national security pretense. I'd do it under the Patriot Act if I had to. But I would do it. You know, the Patriot Act allows significant significant stuff. And there's been numerous constitutional challenges to it. But I believe this is something. This is something that should be looked at. You know, keep in mind when it was passed um, in 2001, it was passed by 357 to 66 in the House and 98 to 1 in the Senate. The only dissent being Russ Feingold. So I would haul them into court and question them under these. And if they don't want to answer, hold them indefinitely. Our laws allow it. And I think it's time to send a message. I said a while back when these leaks were happening that you need to perp walk one of these people. You need to put them in handcuffs and you need to walk them out in front of all the media and all the people and let them know and prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. Mr. President, this is the fullest extent of the law. The FISA courts were misused to illegally spy on your campaign. And now it's time to use the laws that were put in place by many others before you to prosecute people for treason. The Patriot Act is the permission given to law enforcement officers to search a home or business without the owner's or occupant's consent or knowledge. The expanded use of national security letters, which allows the FBI to search telephone, email, and financial records without a court order. And expanded access of law enforcement agencies to business records, including library and financial records. I would look the New York Times in the eye and say, you're going to give us this guy. And I know there's been numerous cases about not uncovering um, sources that reporters have won. But let me be very honest here. This is different. This is totally different. The article goes on to say, to be clear, ours is not the most popular, quote, resistance of the left. We want the administration to succeed and think that many of its policies have already made America safer and more prosperous. But we believe our first duty is to the country, and the president continues to act in a manner that is detrimental to the health of our republic. Based on what? Based on what? You have no evidence to that. No evidence, first and foremost, because you did this anonymously. Because, oh, hey, you know what? I'm going to save the country, but I'm going to do it anonymously because I want to keep my job. If you cared, you'd put your name behind it and you'd start fighting. But you know what? You just don't like his agenda. You don't agree with it because you're a political insider. And as I said this morning on a video on, that I released, you are the exact person we voted against. 
We voted against people like you who want to put their personal agenda and say that they know better than the American people. We're tired of being told that people know better than us because they don't. All these people knew better than us for the last two or three decades. And look where it got us. Long world wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I say world wars because there's a significant number of countries involved. $20 trillion in debt. Horrible trade deals. That's what you know it all's got us. I'm sick and tired. Uh, I, you know, and I'm, I try not to lose my cool on stuff like this, but I'm so annoyed that someone like this, who thinks they're that much better, who didn't get elected, you think you know better? Why don't you run? You won't. He goes on to say, this is, I'm presuming it's a he. That is why many Trump appointees have vowed to do what we can to preserve our democratic institution while thwarting Mr. Trump's more misguided impulses until he is out of office. Get used to it, you got six and a half more years. This is a coup. Do your job or leave. The root of the problem is the president's amorality. Anyone who works with him knows that he is not moored to any discernible first principles that guide his decision-making. Okay. Although he was elected as a Republican, the president shows little affinity for ideals long espoused by conservatives, free minds, free markets, and free people. At best, he has invoked these ideals in scripted settings. At worst, he has attacked them outright. In addition to his mass marketing of the notion that the press is the enemy of the people, the president's, tr President Trump's impulses are generally anti-trade and anti-democratic. That is a load of crap. He has deregulated 22 to 1. You know what the real problem is here? And I saw this one with my time in government. You know what I saw? Is that when I started to slash contracts that I couldn't figure out where the money was going to and there was no actual collateral being given in exchange for millions of taxpayer dollars, people were pissed. And most namely, the more, the more pissed off someone was, the more likely they were to be getting a kickback from that. That's what this is about. The gravy train is over. He's stopping all the power and all the money that's going to back to these people who, quote, know better than everyone, which is exactly what the majority of Americans are sick and tired of. We are sick and tired of you and your schemes against us. The article goes on. Don't get me wrong. There are bright spots that near the ceaseless, uh, ceaseless negative coverage of the administration fails to capture effective deregulation, historic tax reform and a more robust military. Yes, that's why we like him. You're not doing us any favors by thwarting that. But these successes have come, at, uh, come despite, not because of, the president's leadership style, which is impetuous, adversarial, petty, and ineffective, says someone who has resisted Trump the whole time, who is working against him under his employment. You... They are, he is literally saying, the, the author of this article, the anonymous author, the spineless, cowardice, anonymous person who wrote this article, is saying that all these success have come in spite of Trump. Well, if they were that easy, why didn't every other predecessor do that? Why, didn't, why couldn't Barack Obama do that? Why couldn't Bill, uh, George Bush do that? It's not in spite of him. It's because of him. And people like you are not the ones making him successful. People like you are slowing him down. So get the hell out of the way and let this president do his job. Continues, from the White House 
To executive branch departments and agencies, senior officials will privately admit their daily disbelief at the commander-in-chief's comments and actions. Most are working to insulate their operations from his whims. This guy built a multi-billion dollar business. He didn't do that by some fluke or in spite of himself. He did it because maybe he knows what he's doing, and it might be unconventional, and that's what you're afraid of is the unconventionality of this president and this administration, which is working. And you're so deathly afraid of being so irrelevant because of that fact. Meetings with him veer off topic and off the rails. He engages in repetitive rants, and his impulsiveness results in half-baked, ill-informed, and occasional, occasionally reckless decisions that have to be walked back. Look, the guy doesn't know about government because he spent his time making money in the private sector. And then he sacrificed about a billion dollars of that so he could co come do this to save the American Republic. So yeah, I give him some slack for not knowing about government. And has he said some things that have had to been walked back? Yes, he has. But it's not for lack of concern for America. It's out of a hatred of the system that cannot continue to go forward continues, there is literally no telling whether he might change his mind from one minute to the next. A top official complained to me recently, exasperated by an Oval Office meeting at which the president flip-flopped on a major policy decision he'd made only a week earlier. Do you want a president who can change based on new information, or do you want someone who digs in their heels and just does what he wants based on impulse and never listens to anybody? What do you want? You want somebody who's open to change, or do you want somebody who's so stuck in their ways that they do it their way only? That sounds like what you want. The erratic behavior would be more concerning if it weren't for unsung heroes in and around the White House. Some of his aides have been cast as villains by the media, but in private they have gone to great lengths to keep bad decisions, which he still doesn't say which bad decisions, contained to the West Wing, though they are clearly not always successful. They're not bad decisions. These are different decisions. They're not the way things always have been done. It may be a cold comfort in this chaotic era, but Americans should know that there are adults in the room. We fully recognize what is happening, and we are trying to do what's right, even when Donald Trump won't. Adults in the room. Why? Because you have some Georgetown law degree, maybe? Maybe not? Why? Because you've worked in politics? I've been in politics for seven years. I know the players. I'm not perfect. But I'll damn well tell you that m most people who work in politics aren't. And just because you're some consultant somewhere where you think you're smarter than everybody and you walk around giving advice and you're never subject to your own advice, that you, sp that you have all the answers. Most political co consultants that I meet, they have all the answers. That's what they tell you, all the answers. They're never, they never listen. They always talk. And that's what this person thinks. He's the adult in the room. And Donald Trump is just the petulant child that happened to get elected on a whim in spite of himself. Right, dude? This result is a two-track presidency. Take foreign policy. In public and private, the president shows a preference for autocrats and dictators such as Vladimir Putin and North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un and displays little genuine appreciation for the ties that bind us to allied, quote, like-minded nations. He's focused on the tyrannical governments. Didn't, I'm sorry, didn't President Trump get North and South Korean leaders together to talk about denuclearization, to stop rocket tests, 
D- didn't he do? Oh wait, no, Barack Obama didn't do that. George Bush didn't do that. Donald Trump did that. So I'm sorry if he's not talking as bad about Vladimir Putin. Maybe it's a play. Maybe people like egomaniacs like Vladimir Putin. Maybe Trump knows that he wants to hear certain things. What's going on behind the scenes there? You know, you say like-minded nations like Germany, who's overrun, Sweden, who's overrun by the, what they call the, um, the, not the immigrant crisis, the refugee crisis, which has skyrocketed their crime. Is that a like-minded nation? We don't want that in America. We don't want skyrocketed crime by people coming here bringing customs that don't correlate with our constitutional democracy. Is that, is that like-minded? We don't have the same EU. We're not about a world government like Angela Merkel. So when you say like-minded nations, you mean nations that we've allowed to take advantage of us, that are supposed to be our allies and friends, but yet when we need something from them, I don't know, like their share for NATO, they don't do it? Is that a like-minded nation? Continues, astute observers have noted, though, that the rest of the administration is operating on another track, one where countries like Russia are called out for meddling and uh, punished accordingly, and where allies around the world are engaged as peers rather than ridiculed as rabbles. On Russia, for instance, the president was reluctant to expel so many of Putin's spies as punishment for the poisoning of a former Russian spy in Britain. He complained for weeks about senior staff members letting him get boxed into further confrontation with Russia. He expressed frustration when the United States continued to impose sanctions on the country for its malign behavior. But his national security team knew better. Such actions had to be taken to hold Moscow accountable. I don't believe this is the case. Flat out, I believe that entire paragraph is a lie. I think Trump knows damn well what needs to be done. But sometimes what needs to be done and what can be done are two different things. And I don't know what can and what was done behind the scenes. Neither does anyone. Maybe the author of this does. But maybe he's also wrong. He says, this isn't the work of the so-called deep state. It's the work of the steady state. No. It's the work of, we've always done it this way. And you're coming in and trying to do it differently, despite the fact that you were elected. That's what this is about. Going on, given the instability, many witness that there were early whispers within the cabinet of invoking the 25th Amendment where they can remove him, the president, from office, which would start a complex process for removing the president. But no one wanted to precipitate a constitutional crisis, so we will do whatever we can to steer the administration in the right direction until, one way or another, it's over. That's literally treason. That's not the way things work. Write it out, do your job, as you're told, as you're supposed to, as your oath... And maybe, maybe, this country will continue on the path upward that it is on now. The bigger concern is not what Mr. Trump has done to the presidency, but rather what we as a nation have allowed him to do to us. We have sunk low with him and allowed our discourse to be stripped of civility. We haven't done that. Trump is the first guy to hit back, and that's why I love him. That's why I don't care about his tweets. I don't care about some affair with a porn star 20 years ago. I don't give a damn. I care the fact that he is fighting back. The incivility is on the other side. The resistance that's willing to do anything, anything, publish lies, attack his family 
who I personally know who are great people. That's what the left does. And Trump is the first guy to, with a backbone and a pair of cojones to fight back. Fake news predisposes, you know, pr far pre predates this president. He's just the first guy to call it out, as is. And that's what I love about the guy. I didn't go to Iraq and trade lead for this country for someone to walk all over the system. You know, when I was in the military, yes, I, I was very critical of Barack Obama. But guess what? He was still my commander-in-chief, and I took his orders, and I executed them. And when I had a disagreement with him, I put it in a book with my, front, with my name on the front cover because I'm not a coward. And I said, he's my boss, and I will obey his orders. And that's what you're not doing. I was an active-duty SEAL, and I wrote a book talking about how I'd loathe this, the President Barack Obama. And I, I risked everything for that. But you know what I did? I, I executed the orders as passed down from his administration. I didn't undermine him. I voiced my opinion under the First Amendment. But I did my job. It goes on. Senator John McCain put it best in his farewell letter. All Americans should heed his words and break free of the tribalism trap. With the high aim of uniting through our shared values and the love of this great nation, we may no longer have Senator McCain, but we will always have his example. A lodestar for restoring honor to public life and our national dialogue. Mr. Trump may fear such honorable men, but we should revere them. Honorable men? Okay. So you looked up to a guy, John McCain, with extreme honor. Hey, look, rest in peace, thank you for your service, honor, no. You tell that to the hundreds of veterans who died on the waiting list at the Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona VA, and John McCain did nothing in his home state. He didn't step in, he voted against pay raises for military veterans, nothing. That's not to be revered. There's a quiet resistance within the administration of people choosing to put country first. But the real difference will be made by everyday citizens rising above politics, reaching across the aisle, and resolving to shed the labels in favor of a single one, Americans. Now, we will find you. This administration will find you, and you will be prosecuted. You'll be thrown out of there so fast. This is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. The fact that you are openly admitting, openly admitting to undermining your boss, the president, and his agenda that we voted for. America deserves better than you. We deserve President Trump, and that's why he's in office. That's why he's there. So I hope you get your act together because the fire is coming and we are going to throw people like you out and we're going to push President Trump's agenda. And if you don't think he's perfect, fine. But America's better off now than it was two years ago. Thanks very much, folks, for tuning in. Make sure you follow me at Carl Higby. This can be heard on all the media platforms, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Podbean, and iTunes.